What is up, everybody? Welcome back to On Track with yours truly, John Ali. Hello. This week marks the start of the second half of the season. Moving forward, I will be sharing interviews with a bunch of New York City-based babes that I safely got together with. First up is Bardan Arora. That is the only way I choose to say his last name. He is an artist and a friend that I've known for quite some time. We are going to get into how we met, his love for pop queens, making the move from New Delhi to New York, the breakout moment that launched his music career, and the release of his new EP, Heartbreak on the Dance Floor. Let's get on track. Hello, everybody. We are back on track. My name is John Ali, and today we are sitting down with the lovely, the talented Mr. New York City based, our first New York City babe, Vardan Arora. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. You are our first uh, person that we are sitting down with mids. Mid COVID. Mid COVID. Oh. So thank you for sitting down and doing this with us. Thank you for having me. And I'm also your first New York based. New York City based. Yes. We've, for the most part, I've been doing LA. Yeah. All the LA babes. Um, so it's time for me to, I'm from New York, so I should have been doing, I, I think that's why I didn't do yeah. so many people in New York because I live here. So I was like, let me take advantage and do um, people in LA since I don't get to just go there all the time. A lot of people who don't know me actually assume that I'm based in LA. It's interesting. I feel like a lot of people here, oh, pop artists, they must be based in LA, but which makes me even prouder to say that I'm actually based in New York. Yes. It's like a, like a little unexpected. So I love that. But uh, how are you doing? I mean, this is like a crazy time we're all living in. Things feel very heavy at times. I know myself have gone through very like intense waves of like sadness and mm -hmm. loneliness or like confusion or like all this uncertainty a lot of the time. So yeah, it's been a weird limbo of a year. And I mean, it hasn't been linear at all. There's been ups and downs. Like I will say, though, just to look on the bright side, um, is that I feel like from a mental health perspective, I reached new levels of clarity that I hadn't um, necessarily reached in the past. And um, I put out my first project, my first um, like the release that wasn't just a single. Mm -hmm. um, so new milestones were hit. I feel like I got to know myself better just because I had no I mean, I had no other options. Right? I had spent a lot of time with myself. So I'm just trying to look at the growth, so to speak, that happened yeah. for me personally this year. And obviously the circumstances are, are not great. Like it, it's a global tragedy. So, um, but I'm just trying to, not to sound cliche, but just trying to stay positive, yes. I guess. Yes, no, that's, that's, that's honestly, I think all we can really do at this time because things feel heavy a lot. And But it sounds like you've been able to, which I think a lot of people could probably say, is there's been some good to come out of all this as well. The perspectives have changed completely on a lot, mm -hmm. of, a lot of things. And if anything, I feel definitely more grateful for a lot more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like there's so many things you take for, for granted. Mm -hmm. And when those things are taken away from you, all of a sudden you're like, wait, yes. I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have taken it for granted. But yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just... Uh, taking it day by day. And I think something that's helped me too is knowing that I'm not alone at mm -hmm. all. It's like a very, very common together. experience. And on the flip side, just because I am such an anxious person in real life, mm -hmm. suddenly when real life is shut down, I feel weirdly more at ease that like I'm just a like sometimes existing is just enough for me and mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about not doing enough or not living life in a way that's that's expected out of me. And it was very much like there are no rules anymore it's just like i can sleep however much i want i can mm -hmm. eat whatever i want mm -hmm. i can drink whatever i want um <laughs> and that actually I, I developed like a routine weirdly oh, okay. in quarantine too like um and I, I just felt 
like I could exhale a little bit. Um, I just wish that it, it was, you know, as I said before, like the circumstances were different, but yeah. Staying positive. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah, you're We're here. here. We're here. A lot of people don't know. I've been super excited to do this with you. I mean, some people do know, but I think for people who don't know you and they may know me, they we've actually known each other for a while. Yeah. I want to say like eight or nine years. Um, I, I can't. I can't exactly. The first time I met you was at Barracuda. Yeah, the bar the, that the bar. I, is a bar in New York City that I was DJing at like every other Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember it very well. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it it's crazy that it's been that long. But yeah, I mean, I met you before I even started making music, yeah, and mm-hmm. I think the reason why I was I was drawn to to meeting you and like also just it it felt good to meet someone who was. A had great taste, just in terms of like, because in, in, I'd been following your blog, um, and also someone who got the same pop culture references yeah, as you. Yeah, I feel yeah. like little things like that are so important to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I hadn't even started making music, but I knew that that I, I I wanted to because I was such a big fan, and I it's it's it was such a big passion of mine before I even became a part of the industry. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I feel like we definitely had some common interests. In oh, that for sure. Regard. We, we got along. I mean, I just based off the fact that you loved Hillary Duff, oh that, my God. that you loved <laughs> Selena Gomez, like that was how we became like, I was like, I like him. He has a nice vibe. He's super sweet. And also he stands Hillary Duff. So I'm a fan. <laughs> we need more people to stand Hillary Duff. I feel like people are forgetting the impact that she's made on, on society as a whole. <laughs> well, society and then also just, um, the importance of dignity, which I think is slept on a lot. I it is still her till date. dignity, by the way. And I feel like if it would have come out, to, I could get into this for a while. But I was saying, <laughs> I feel like if it would have come out today, it would have been like it could have been even critically like so well acclaimed. I feel like times were different. Uh, I, People didn't take pop music as seriously as they do now. I feel like they still don't, but I feel like they do more now than they did back then. Oh, for sure, she did, did not get enough credit for that album era because i i this is what i say all the time i'm like i feel like that album era for her was the one that um she truly truly cared about yes oh she did i remember reading about how she has a lot of like writing credits Mm -hmm. on not only that but you could tell just with the artwork and even the performances she was she was putting brunette brunette lurie (laughs) yeah (laughs) we love she put so much like energy into everything like and you could see it because i mean there, she was full-on doing like choreography and then some of it's they are still memes those those cho- that choreography is <laughs> iconic and i want to recreate it at some point oh my god you should oh my god the next the- video the next video <laughs> just do that over and over again <laughs> i've i've done like sometimes to promote my music as a joke i'll post that meme of her doing yes. that choreography and i'll just like edit my own song on top of that yeah. and it's always on beat it's like it's crazy it's, it's honestly like- that's how well, it worked with so much yeah. music. But anyway, yes, we became, I had a very uh, uh, love and admiration for you just because you stand Hillary Duff so hard. <laughs> and um, But I mean, I had no idea that you would eventually, I mean, you know, you always had an uh, interest in music, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but I never knew that you were even interested in making music for yourself. To be honest, I didn't either. Um, I went to college, I went to NYU for acting. I Mm -hmm. went to school for, I went to their theater school. um, And I I think I, I mean, I'd always loved to sing, but it was very like, I would record covers and put them up on YouTube. It wasn't, I I had never thought about songwriting. I didn't know if I had what it takes to, um, you know, explore a career in music just because... I mean, we all struggle with this, but it's like, how do you really know? Like, just because you're a, a fan of something or just because you, you've you studied it by being a fan of it doesn't mean that you're going to be any good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, till date, that's probably been one of the biggest risks I've taken. Um, I just, I feel like I went into it blindly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel, I don't know if I have what it takes, but I'm going to do it anyway. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a mentality that a lot of us can benefit from. And um, I. With with acting, I, I just moved back to New York with a green card, and with with acting, a lot of it is just waiting around for for the phone to ring, for someone to take a chance on you. And I was like, no, I want to create something 
of my own. I feel like I have things to say. I feel like I have a good ear for for pop music in terms of melodies and production. And I knew one producer at the time <laughs> and he was based in Nashville. And I actually liked his work a lot. And I was like, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, so I want to write a song. Like I, I, I feel like I can do it. Um, and I just, I just want to take that chance, like that leap of faith. And he was down. So I flew to Nashville back in 2016. And that's how my first single feel good song came about. And it was interesting, the process, like when the day that we recorded that song, I feel like was one of the most liberating days of my life only because there were no rules for me. I felt like I was, there were no, there were no rights. There were no wrongs. I could do whatever I wanted and I could be a hundred percent myself and I could make mistakes. I could take risks and I was just so at ease. And it was surprising to me how it felt like I had just discovered, tapped into this medium that, that I had no idea I had access to in the Mm -hmm, past. mm -hmm. And then the rest of it just happened so seamlessly. Like he would send me a mix and I would be like, I don't like this. I like that. And it's sort of just, it, it was very organic mm-hmm. and I'm an overthinker by nature. Yeah. And I loved that. I didn't have to overthink that. Um, and then I put it out. It just Im- impulsively without knowing yeah. anything about the industry. And luckily the, the Spotify like viral moment happened. Totally. I mean, I, that is something that very rarely I feel like happens. And especially for someone who has one song to their name. I know. I think that actually that was, I feel lucky that it happened, but I feel like it also kind of hurt me a little bit mm-hmm. because um, I had nothing else to show for myself. Yeah. It was. Well, you weren't, you weren't ready. Like you said, you went into it blindly. Mm-hmm. You made something that you felt very proud of, proud about, and you, were, you felt liberated when you had recorded it and were able to like manifest it out there to the world. You had, there was no way you could predict that like Spotify would pick it up. And then all of a sudden you were like, oh, I'm thrown into this. I didn't even know that it was that uncommon. So what happened was I, it, it came out. First of all, it felt surreal to listen to the song. I was like, this yeah. is a solid pop song and that's <laughs> my voice. Like, what the fuck? Like, I couldn't believe it. It was almost like an out of body experience. And then it came out and I had all these people supporting me and I just felt so loved. And um, you were there at the release party. Yes, like, it was just yes. like. I, I, I remember you said that to me, like, I, th- I think like a month or so before you were t- t- you sent me the artwork, you told me when it was going to be released. And I was like, I want to premiere this for you. Let's do it. And yeah. And I'm, I was like, I'm just playing this like pop star fantasy. I was like, this isn't real. This can't be real. Like, it sounds great. But like, it's and, you know, like, n- I had never seen anyone like me do something like this before. So I was like, this is just a fantasy. Like, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And um. And it ended up on a couple Spotify playlists. And then I was just going through the viral charts, not expecting to find my own name on there, but I did. And it was like, oh my God, this is crazy, but I'm sure this happens to a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I later found out that 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 is not the case. (laughs) Um, Because it hasn't happened for any of my other songs (laughs) since then. But also um, then I had like labels starting to reach out, managers, and everyone had the same question. They were like, um, so what other music do you have? Like, we're excited to listen to, to some of, some of your other stuff. And I was like, um, <laughs> well, uh, well, I have a lot of music in my head. Does that count? <laughs> like, I can't show it to you, but, um, I mean, I don't regret how any of it happened. Obviously, like I still, I think I learned a lot about the music industry actually through that experience. So I didn't have anything else at the time to yeah. show for myself. So it was very much like learning on the job. Like, yeah, learning as you went, learning as you... Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot... I mean, that's how a lot of things kind of happen. You went with it blindly. You were confident in yourself. And also you were very vulnerable in the song. Because I remember when you sent me like the statement for the song, that was something I also learned about you. Because like when you when you listen to it on a first listen basis, you could kind of hear it. 
and kind of like just take it as a feel good song because mm-hmm. that's what it's called. Um, but there was it came from something a little, a little, a lot more deeper, mm-hmm. and it was it became something that was very personal to you. And the fact that you were able to just be so upfront and open about it right off the bat, I think that combo with like how you knew that it was something that other people would like and just the vibe of it. I mean, it kind of manifested itself to be what it is. Right. So it was interesting. I've, um, the lyrics are vulnerable and are very personal to me. My intention when I wrote that song, I did it more for myself than I did for anybody else. Sonically, from a production standpoint, I did want the song to be able to, you know, it's a feel good song. Like I want people to be able to dance to it. I want people to Mm -hmm. feel good listening to it. Um, I didn't expect anyone to connect to it lyrically. The lyrical aspect of it was for myself. I was like, this is therapeutic for me to write about. I've struggled with um, OCD for a, a large portion of my adult life. And it it got to a really, really dark place around 2016. And, you know, I was in and out of different doctor's offices, like therapists, and just trying all these different things to to alleviate my symptoms that caused this like debilitating anxiety. And I was like, what can I do creatively? I'm not going to say this is solving, this is going to solve anything, but like, what can I do creatively to sort of like, an, like find an outlet, like a creative outlet that's going to take power away from, mm-hmm. from this weight that mm-hmm. I feel on top of me all the time. And then, and then this song came about and I was like, I don't even care if the lyrics don't make sense to other people. It's like, I don't care if the lyrics come off as cryptic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, the melodies were important. I was like, the melody should be infectious. Like, I want this to get stuck in your head. I want this to make you feel good. I want you to put it on repeat. Like, I want to make the kind of song that I also like listening to. Exactly. And that's what I did, or at least I hope I did with that song. And that was uh, a jumping point for a lot of my other music that that came later. Um, that came from that same place of a vulnerability that I was like, this is for me. Like, mm-hmm. I know exactly what this song is about. Mm-hmm. And And then I started seeing other people connect with it. And that was amazing to yeah. see because I was like, well, again, it was like, I'm not as alone as I feel. And also the potential of helping other people or making an impact on other people was just incredible. Like I I didn't know that, that, the, that the music could have potential to affect people like that. Yeah. And it was great Ultimately, to see. Ultimately, that is the goal when creating something you want people to react to it. Exactly. And if they could feel something even deeper than just a reaction, Mm -hmm. that's even better. And the fact that you're connecting with all these people and like people, these are strangers. These are people you don't know. And they're seeing you through a song and feeling something. That's that's the goal. That That is is the goal. And I think I was a little bit unclear about what my goals as an artist were going to be when I first started. And it's becoming more and more clear to me now. And I keep using the word vulnerable over and over again. <laughs> Stream vulnerable by Selena Gomez. Um, Love that song. <laughs> but I think that like being 100% honest, even on social media, like even when I'm having doubts about my own work or doubts about who I am as an artist, just like being transparent and just just being someone who you can see yourself in and whose mm-hmm. music you can mm-hmm. connect to on that level has become more important to me. Well, not, not even that book is like, there's a lot of queer talent coming out. I mean... The playlist that I do, like I, I make, I have a whole playlist with a whole bunch of queer talent, and yeah. I just, I'm discovering people every day. Uh, but there's not a people, not a lot of people that are doing what, uh, what you're doing that look like you either, or that come from the same places you do. You know, you're representing not only for yourself, but like also for a lot of people who can look to you and be like, "Wow, he's doing it. I could do it too." I mean, hey, I'm this pop star fantasy that that I'm attempting to live at the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, has been something that I've dreamed about since I was so, I like, since when I was like 12 years old, if mm-hmm. not younger, um, I would look up to all the pop queens, like yeah. the pop girls, like, and also like when people ask me about um, my influences and my inspirations and who I listen to, they've all been women. I feel yeah. like a lot of queer people have yeah, that totally. in common where it's like totally. all the girls. Um, <laughs> but I didn't see anyone like me who was doing that. So in my mind, it just didn't feel like a realistic possibility. And honestly, if I'm being completely honest, it still doesn't 100% feel like a realistic possibility. Like now I'm an adult, so I'm like, I'm doing this for me and I'm having a good time. But um, but back when I was a kid, I was like, this is impossible. Like I can like take a hairbrush and pretend that it's a microphone and like dance around in my room lip syncing to 
Britney Spears, but like, this is never going to be true for me. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't Mm -hmm. something that's going to happen. And in a small way, if seeing me doing what I do right now is that difference for someone who is, who's younger, Mm -hmm. um, especially a queer person who's younger, it's like, well, he's doing it. Like, maybe I can do, maybe I can do it too. Like, and I have gotten messages from people before saying that they're happy to see an, an out queer person um out queer brown brown like, indian person indian yeah. person Spe- yeah specific like from india too it's like yeah. it's very it's like they're happy to see me doing like pursuing a career in an industry that doesn't necessarily take kindly mm-hmm. to people like that mm-hmm. so no, it's it's so important that's why i admire you for putting yourself out there and like you said hashtag vulnerable um because <laughs> it is like i say this all the time like the reason, and a lot of the reason why I, I'm doing this podcast is so that I'm. My hope is that maybe there is a kid out there who sees themselves in me, or sees themselves in someone that I'm talking to, and sees that like we all have gone through struggles to get to where we are. No one's life has been easy. We've all gone through different struggles, but maybe you hearing Vardan or hearing Gia or hearing their story that will help you realize that like you are 100 capable of having a happy and successful life. Just like us. Totally. And I think there's a lane for everyone. Like, I I tweeted something about this the other day where it's like, I feel like everyone's obsessed with making artists artists compete with each other Mm -hmm. for this top coveted spot. But what people don't realize is that top, top coveted spot is controlled by usually older, straight, white men who have all the fucking power like music industry executives and like they're hiding behind the scenes. Like you don't see them. What if we lived in a world where anyone and everyone could express themselves the way they wanted to and And had equal opportunity to celebrate? Yeah. Two people can be like, people have different things to offer. I don't, I, I don't understand the constant comparisons. And I feel like you fall into the trap of doing that even more so when, when you're a minority and, and, and it's, you're, it's almost like, you're competing against the people you're supposed to be lifting up. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a double edged sword. It's yeah. it's the harsh I could literally reality. go on about that for yeah. like ages. So let's not <laughs> <laughs> just touching on it. Yeah, briefly. we could touch on it, tap it, whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I mean, you didn't grow up here. You live in New York now. You've lived here for how many years? On and off uh, for ten years now. Ten years, yeah. But you, I mean, you have a completely different upbringing than most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up in New Delhi, which is in India, mm-hmm. um, and um, I moved here to go to college at 18, and it took me a while, it took me a few years to find my footing because, I mean, I had a lot of cultural catching up to do when mm-hmm. I moved here, just in terms of even the way I sound, like my accent was different when I moved here, and a lot of that was like subconsciously losing it, but I, I, I feel like a lot of my formative years took place in New York. Like mm-hmm. I came out when mm-hmm. I was already living here. Like some of my best friends who I'm, I'm still very close with, I met uh, through my time living in New York. A lot of my introduction to queer spaces and um, other queer artists and other queer people, period, was in New York. So I feel like I'm definitely the most me version of me right now. That's amazing. Um, but because that happened in New York, but then my upbringing happened in India. I have this like weird <laughs> blend of two cultures that, that I, I don't know. I sometimes, um, I spend a lot of time figuring out exactly what my identity is, but then at times I'm like, I can take a step back and just let my identity be whatever it is without yes. worrying too much. Yes. About it. Like I don't need to f- put myself in a box. And it's always ever changing too. As you, like, yeah. and as you're getting older, it's only going to get like, you will get more like, firm in that acceptance and like also just like comfortability of just Mm -hmm. letting that be what it is for sure like you said you have a different upbringing but was your family in support of you coming here like were are they were they supportive of you like coming out like do they support everything that you're doing creatively like was that always easy honestly i have to say i'm i feel very lucky that my family um has been very supportive of me even even when i went to college i went to college as i mentioned for acting which is not a major that a lot of Indian parents are supportive of. Um, And I felt lucky that I was like, they knew that they had a creative child. They Mm -hmm. knew that their child was different. And if I do say so myself special Um, (laughs) um, and that like I deserve, they knew that I deserved a a shot at, at what I'm doing. 
Uh, I thought that my coming out would go horribly, actually. I never thought that I would actually be able to come out, but it happened organically as it does. Like it becomes hard to hide it after a while. Yeah. And um it went a lot better than I <laughs> than I expected. And I credit my mom for that for a lot of oh. that. Um and we're very close as a family. Obviously they are, you know, my parents are in their fifties, they're Indian, like their take on Pop music is not necessarily the same, <laughs> the same as mine yeah. or yours. Um, so I'm not going to say they love my music, but I'm, they're also my parents. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, um, I don't know what your opinion on pop music is and whether I should trust what. <laughs> they're not <laughs> streaming Dignity up. They're not. <laughs> they're not. My mom is really into Billie Eilish, though. So maybe. Okay. So, you know, she's trying to keep up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been lucky to come from. Um, a supportive family for sure. That's a blessing. That yeah. is a blessing. A That's amazing. Huge blessing. And I think about that a lot because a lot of people don't get that opportunity. Yeah. So yeah, grateful. Amazing, amazing. That's ultimately like yeah. If you have the support outside and also at home, it's like you got that nice, safe like hug, like safety net, no matter what. So that's great. And I mean, I is your does your mom have a favorite song of yours? She actually told me over the phone, she's been listening to my new EP and she's like, each time I listen to it, it I, I have a different favorite. And actually, that is probably one of the biggest compliments that anyone listening to a project can yeah. give me because that means that that you like them all. Yeah. Or, and also like there's a, the, the, like different people, overall different people have been picking different favorites, which mm -hmm. is which is like, okay, so there's not like one objective standout mm -hmm, and the rest mm -hmm. of it is trash mm -hmm, or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she has really been digging my cover of Selena Gomez is Rare as of late. She said that was her favorite of the moment. So Hey, that's the best of both worlds. Selena Stan and then I know. <laughs> to be able to do that, to be able to like to be such a fan of someone's music and then also be able to put out a cover of it. That has... does a good justice. Yeah. And I I like I really loved making it my own. I'm not the biggest fan of releasing covers. Mm -hmm. Um but I feel like if you're going to do a cover, you need to make it your own. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I think objectively, my parents will forever just be obsessed with Feel Good Song because it was okay. the first one. The baby. I feel like my dad only listens to that. I'm not even, <laughs> every time I put out a song, he's like, this is great. This, I love this so much. And then we'll play Feel Good Song and he'll be like, oh, but I really love this. And I'm like, dad, it's, that song came out four years ago. <laughs> like, I mean, you took your time though. I knew there was, people that were reaching out to you, but I didn't really under uh, realize that it was like, well, now I got like, I have to formulate a sort of game plan. Yeah. It, now. And those people are sharks. Yeah. They abandon you at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Like I had labels reach out to me being like, re like making it sound like they're really interested in me. And then when I'm like, okay, I'm going to like work on some new music and get back to you. And then I would follow up and I would just be ghosted. Like, it's like, they are not reliable yeah. people. And um, that's just the way that the music industry landscape works. And I did, as I said, learn mm -hmm. that as, as I went on. You just really have to, like, I just had to find what I wanted to say through the music. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, I had to do that just by releasing it. Yeah. I was like, I'll see what sticks and what doesn't, what makes me feel good, what doesn't. And yeah. it took me a while to get to this point where I was like, I'm finally ready for like a, to, for a project. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have like, like an album's worth of material before this EP yeah. came out. You have, you've had a whole bunch of singles throughout the, the years up until this point. Does there maybe a song out of those batch of like songs that you've released over the years that you're like, I still really love this one. I'm really proud of this one. Yeah, so each year I released, like, I think at least two singles. I wanted mm -hmm. to be consistent with putting out music. And I think in the year 2019, which was which was last year, I, like, don't even know what year <laughs> it is anymore. Um, I released three. I released the songs January mm -hmm. and then 30 Under 30 mm -hmm. and this other song, Famous. And um, I'm not, I, like, hate, I can't pick favorites because there's definitely, like, Feel a Good Song remains a song closest to my heart so yeah short answer would be i'm still very proud of that um but in terms of consistency i just feel like 2019 i i just felt like that's when i started to realize that i can make you found a consistent your, your yeah i and love january by the way i it's still one it, i mean granted it's a song i wrote about someone i was in a relationship yes. with that ended mm -hmm. but 
it remains one of my favorite songs just because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of my music lyrically is heavy and draws from from my struggles. And with January, I was like, it's a short, like two minutes, something mm-hmm. easy, breezy pop song you could listen to on a on a drive or like it doesn't take itself too seriously, which I feel like is a trap that a lot of or I do at least trap fall into where it's like, I need to make something meaningful. And it's like, it was meaningful, but it was also lighter. You felt like summer in January In all the chaos found my sanctuary You lit me up like a magic loving me Even though I'm bad shit You felt like summer in January say like with that song too because you send me most of your songs ahead of time i do which i love and appreciate it's tradition at this point yeah i love it i love it it feels like we have like this little like it's gonna (laughs) forever be a thing which i I love but i i could tell when in just in that song and even the songs that followed it is that vardon has truly found what he likes to do what he likes to sound like what he wants to talk about and he's really like in it and like i felt it and like in all those songs Good. I'm glad. I mean, a lot of times, you know, it's. I think it's impossible for artists to be objective about their own work because mm-hmm. we listen to it from the day that we write it and we were with it through all the different versions and mixes. And then when you get the final master at that point, you've already listened to it so many times yep. that you're like, I don't even know what this sounds like anymore. Any, yeah. So it's, it, I feel like to get an outside perspective on it is definitely helpful. So thank you. No problem. And I mean, even the song before this project was released, there was a song with Nico, Nico, Nico Pop. Yeah. Who I stand. Shout out to Nico Pop. We love. Uh, but Drama, such a good song. It's, that's honestly, so that's one of my favorite songs that I've ever done. Also for that reason where it's like, it's just like a feel good pop song. It's not, Mm -hmm. doesn't take itself too seriously. And I also feel like it's super gay. Like it's like very like spill the tea. Like let's, (laughs) let's get into it. Like, even if this has nothing to do with me, I want to know about it. Like it's, it's very that. And, um, I just love the production. I think Nico pop is great. Oh my God. It's so good. Production. And I co-wrote, we co-wrote that with Emily Vaughn, who's really good with, with melodies. And it was a fun session and it was a great way to start off the year not knowing at the time how the year was going to go but yeah 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 gonna say like it almost feels like it could fit into heartbreak on the dance floor yeah um but i kind of like that it's not and it kind of serves as kind of like the prelude mm-hmm. it's more I, the reason why i thought it was it was good as a standalone is because heartbreak on the dance floor as a record for me it, it is even though the rare is a cover i still feel like i it resonates with me and it is a personal record um and with drama i felt like i wrote it more as a character mm-hmm. like it was more just mm-hmm. like we're writing a fun song like mm-hmm. this doesn't necessarily need to come from that vulnerable place that we were talking about before so it was also a nice departure from that so i like having it be separate yeah and then was selena the selena gomez cover of rare were you already in the midst of making the ep when you decided to cover that song or was it like you already knew you were going to cover that song it's just something you wanted to do i didn't know i was going to cover that song actually and most of the ep was done by okay, the time wow. i decided which is funny because the song rare came out first mm-hmm. before any of the others but I, d- I worked on three of the songs in la and then three of the songs in toronto um canada i actually worked with um a queer asian producer out there and we had just connected on Instagram and he'd remixed my song January. And I was like, you know, Toronto's only an hour away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just get on that plane and we're going to work on some songs there. So I did three out there. And I think I woke up one morning and I was maybe, I think Rare was like stuck in my head and I was singing it. 
And all of a sudden the lyrics kind of hit me and I was like, well, I really relate to this at this Mm -hmm. point in my life. Maybe I want to do a cover of it. I decided to release it on my birthday just because I feel like lyrically the song talks about self love Mm -hmm. in a beautiful way. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to give it to myself as a birthday present almost, especially in like quarantine. I was like, I need something to look forward to. I sent that to you before it came out. Yeah, you did. Um, and I decided to put it on the EP because even though it's a cover, it felt like I could have written it, which doesn't happen often with songs. Like, I don't often listen to a song and think, oh, I could have written that. But with this song, I just it just connected with it on on a deep level. So I it was an impulsive decision to cover it, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, and I like that it, it's out there and it exists as part of the this project because it does, honestly, like you said, it feels like you could have written it, but and it fits as like a nice companion piece to all the other songs. So, I, I mean, it, it works out so well. It feels like you don't Oh, why don't you recognize I'm so rare? I'm always there. You don't do the same for me, that's not fair. I don't have it all. I'm not clinging to you, but I know that I'm special. Yeah. And I'll bet there's somebody else out there to tell me I'm rare, to make me feel rare. One of the biggest compliments with that cover is that I've had some people not even know that it was a cover or not realize that it was a cover. I mean, mean, some of those people had heard Selena's version too, but they didn't realize together that it was a cover. That's so interesting. It is. I like, I don't know if I fully believe that. I'm like, maybe you're just being nice, but, um, but it happened more than once. So I was like, okay, that means it really sounds different, which is a huge feat. And you know, the last thing I want is people to be comparing it to yeah, Selena's yeah, yeah. version because this is my version and it, it it's different. And so. it's a compliment. You're you're giving you love this song so much that she yeah. did that you wanted to like do it your way. Exactly. It's not like you're some not- of her fans reached out and said that they loved it, which was something I was worried about because I was uh-huh. like, I don't want what are her fans called? Selenators. Selenators. I was like, I don't need those coming for me. I don't need those people in my mentions dragging me. So they loved it, which was really. Which was really nice to see. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's amazing. That is, I mean, yeah. The goal, if you're getting the approval from her actual fans, then you've you've done something good. Well, the goal is getting approval from her. So yeah. we're going to wait to see. I wonder if she's heard it. Who knows? Who knows? We'll never know. We'll never know, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, and Leland co-wrote that song. Another shout yeah. out to a, a great queer musician Yeah, 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 there. he did. He co-wrote that song, I think, with her. So you said before that cover came along, the EP was basically well on its way to be done yeah most of it because all the vocals were done all the writing was done i just had to you know remotely work with the producers to get the songs to a place that i felt good about um just in terms of like getting it all release ready and then um, coming up with the track list and then figuring out the timeline of the singles and and the, the it was it was like a full-time job yeah uh which i'm glad that i had during quarantine because it kept me busy but yeah yeah and then i filmed a video for the title track and released the project and now it's out i feel like it was in my head <laughs> like yesterday and now it's out it feels so crazy to see it come to life like that well you spent so much time like the process of writing the songs the process of getting the songs recorded the, the studio sessions the Doing the artwork, planning the single releases, like there's so much. The collaboration with Marshall too. Yeah. Co- he was in Korea. Like was just figuring out how to get it all done in a timely way was, I feel like a lot more work than I give myself credit for. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like as an independent artist, because you love doing it so much, you forget they're actually working. Yes. So I'm like, oh, I don't really work that hard. But like, then I look back on all of all the stuff that I have done. And I'm like, no, give yourself more credit. Like you did, you put, put in work. Yes. And like, that is also a lot of the reason why I chose, like I wanted to do this podcast because people don't think realize a lot of the time that you guys are, a lot of you are independent artists. Mm -hmm. You're doing this all on your own accord. You guys are spending so much time and effort, stress and planning and all this. And it's a lot of it's falling on just you. And that's not an easy thing to no. do, especially at the caliber that you're pushing it out as. And it's not like you're just slapping songs out there and putting some words over a beat. You're making sure it's a 
beautifully curated world that's genuine to you and you're throwing it out there and putting yourself out there in so many ways so it's like and it's like the quality of the music that you're putting out has to compete with like bigger like label artists who are releasing music so it's like if you're going on the same playlist as them it better be the same level of just in terms of like how polished it is or Mm -hmm. or um how just in terms of the quality i feel like it needs to be able to to live in that same world and it's challenging when you're an independent artist like even from a financial standpoint yes. and so one thing i've seen change is like now i found my footing and i found a group of collaborators that i love working with and we're friends and i'm mm-hmm. lucky to call them friends but for independent artists who don't have that community of people a lot of it is like you're paying producers like yes. you unless you have that that access which only comes with like time and making like right. making those connections exactly. and putting yourself out there and like tr- you know trying to make moves yeah so like it's, it's it it's like i mean not to bring capitalism into all of this at this point in the conversation but it is it is a lot easier for people who have that um financial access to be able to make music independently so it it, it just wanted to mention that as well it's like it's it's not easy, and that's why I feel like a lot of independent artists feel this burnout where it's like I'm putting so much time, money, and energy into my projects, and it's just people are sleeping on it, and yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah, but I could kind of relate to that the burnout part because I do I like you I do put so much effort and time into everything that I do, and sometimes when it's you let go of it and it's not yours anymore, it's everyone else's, and sometimes that maybe you expect certain things back because of all that work you put in, there is this like kind of feeling of like, did I not do enough? It's like, mm. is this not okay? Like, and there's like, it's so easy to get into that hole of like, Arr. but then you, then you hear, like you said, like the support that comes in, like one comment can really change the day. Or just like, if you touch somebody or someone's like, can't stop listening to your, your EP and like your mom, she's finding a new favorite every day, <laughs> like little things like that, like make it really do make it worth it. Yeah. And I think that it's also okay sometimes to take a breather. Yes. Like if you want to take a break and really recharge and wait for something to organically excite you, um, that's also okay. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's hard not to fall into the mindset of like, well, who cares? Should I even be doing this anymore? Yeah, you know? Yeah. But, um, and I think that's fair. I think you're definitely not, a, like you said, you're not alone in that feeling. Right. And, and being an independent artist and putting this much time and effort you're putting into everything, it's so easy to, to just get get into that mindset. But uh, you should be fully proud of everything that you're doing. And I mean, this EP's only been out for a month or so. Almost a month. Yeah. And Which is crazy. It's still got legs. It's still got plenty of yeah. time to live. It's still got plenty of people to reach. I mean, you put out three singles or is it four singles before the drop? I put out three singles before the drop, if you include Rare, yeah. Okay. And it's a six song project. So it was like a nice 50% of it you heard. And there's three new songs, yeah. I like it better that way. There's some people who like release all the songs and then you get like one new one. Yeah. (laughs) Or the other thing where it's like you get one single and then all of a sudden you have 10 songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have to find a nice like middle ground. Was that (laughs) hard for to pick the specific songs to put out beforehand? It was a combination of like songs that were already ready to be released and some songs that were still being worked on. And then also I wanted to tease different sonic elements of the project. Like Rare is a cover, but it has the 80s inspired synth pop vibe. And then Imposter Syndrome um, has just sounds a little bit like my earlier stuff with like a dance drop and um, vulnerable lyrics that stem from a place of anxiety. So I just wanted to tease different elements of the project. And then I wanted to release the collaboration with Marshall. Yes, because um, because I thought it was a unique song and a cool oh totally way. unique. Yeah. And I mean the and the world's colliding is so cool. It's kind of funny too because when you listen to it, it almost you guys sound so like similar but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it just such it sounds so effortless. Were you even expecting that to happen? No, because the song was pretty much done, and I he wasn't on it. I just a friend of mine was like, "Hey, have you checked out this artist Marshall? I feel like you guys would sound good together." And I just like literally DM'd him, and I was like, "Do you want to be on this song?" And he was down. And I feel like the EP would have looked completely different without him being on. And he's the only collaboration on it. But, yeah. Um, I just thought it was a really cool story behind it too, just because uh, the producer is Asian too and queer, and it was like three queer Asian um, artists coming together on one song, and it was a, it was it was unique. 
Baby, could have done in one day. We're not a chuck, I care. Baby, I just know what I like. Eating and cheek, you're gonna walk out the door. My heart, money, going now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Minutes go by and I count them like seconds. Don't gotta wait for 11, 11. Gonna get to stepping and leave like a lead. Apparently, I didn't know this, but India has a huge K-pop fan base. Oh, or that, that is actually in a little surprising. Because when I put out the song... I saw so many people who were in India who felt like represented that like an Indian artist had worked with a K-pop artist. Oh, um, we do not underestimate the power of K-pop. Like I know. those stands are wild. It's but, I mean, yeah, yeah. So that was cool to see too. And, and that song is also just super sexy and like kind of dark. It is very mysterious. like it's definitely your more like darker, like venomous in a sense. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little uh, bronze Avery, who we love. Actually, I think shared it being like, it's a little spooky. I like it or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't think of it as spooky, but I could see it. Yeah, it could fit into like the Petrus like Halloween world. Uh, which I love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you have those, you released those songs and then you had a bulk of songs, including the title track mm-hmm. for the release day, which also came paired with its own music video, which looks luxe, expensive, beautiful, like curated so wonderfully. Thank you. Yeah, and like, and you did that while all this this situation we were going in right now, where like it's kind of hard to make things happen. So was that process intense? Um, the video actually, I again, I feel lucky. I worked with friends mm-hmm. on it. Um, I have a friend. Her name's Lizzie Morgan. We actually met through a day job that we both had. Um, and then her her boyfriend, who I'm also friends with, John, and he's a cinematographer. And it just so happened that they were well versed in that world of uh, making music videos and they had access to this great studio space through a friend and I'd sent them the song and I'd talked to them like way before the quarantine that mm-hmm. I wanted to work with them, that I was thinking about an EP and I wanted to work with them on visuals. It was a very small crew of people. We were all, everyone was wearing masks except me. <laughs> and um, it was really fun to like jump on all those Zoom calls and discuss concepts and just make mood boards and yeah. it was like the, the creative process was super fun um obviously it was it was a little bit challenging because it's just me in the video like yes. for covid reasons it's yeah. not like we could have a huge elaborate video with lots of different people in it luckily it worked out because the song is about the isolation that comes with heartbreak yeah so it was very much like me alone yeah, yeah. um but it was super fun. And I knew that when the EP came out that people would press play on the title track first. So I knew that that was going to be a single. Yeah. I was like, everyone, it's the first song. It's the title track. Like, that's the song that people are going to press play on. Like, if you open a project you've never heard, mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to go there. <laughs> well, it also kind of like gives you the idea. And it's like the perfect title for the EP. I think so, too. But it, it, yeah, it is that you kind of gravitate towards the title track because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so this is what this person's world is for this collection of songs. Yeah. I think the song does a good job of combining the sort of nostalgic 80s inspired synthy elements of, of some of the other tracks that are in there and then pairing it with like a lot of the, like the, the bouncier, like more contemporary dance pop mm-hmm. sounds that like that you hear in like like expensive on me, for example. Yes. So it does a good job of pairing those two sounds together. So I felt like it was a, appropriate for that to be the title track and also the title of the EP. Trying to stop it. Why can't I stop it? Tears are falling to the rhythm of the beat. Trying to stop it. Why can't I stop it? Yeah, I'm dancing to the riches my feet. Cause all I hear is the sound of my heart Break on the dance floor Can't take it no more I try, try to keep moving Feel like I'm losing I got, I got Heartbreak on the dance floor Heartbreak on the dance floor Oh, heartbreak on the dance floor 
Is there like specific songs you see people gravitating towards more so than the others? There's a song on the on the EP called Do You Hate Me, which okay. to my mind was like a deep cut. Like I was like, this is personal to me and I love it, but like I don't hear it as a single. Like I'm not sure. But surprisingly, that song has been a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. And I it's it's so reassuring to see that because as an artist, you're always like, all my worst fears and all my all my anxieties about my music are gonna come true because I'm thinking them or like, but but it's like no everyone else has a different perspective on it and the, the uncertainty of what everyone's perspective may or may not be is actually liberating because it's like now it's yours like yeah but what do you hate me I'm so happy that people connected to it because that was like a risky song for me to put out I didn't yeah. think that it was and it's also kind of tells you that like you really never know what people are going to gravitate to and like you said as an artist who's really like behind everything and all of the songs have different meanings to you you don't really know what people are going to gravitate towards mm-hmm. once it's out there and it's like under, not under your control right i think i fall into the trap of letting other people's opinions dictate how i should feel about mm-hmm. things um especially with my own work because i can't look at it objectively i'm like well, everyone really likes this, so this must be good. Oh, this person. And I also read so much into how people are talking about it. Like if you were talking about, if you texted me, I would analyze your response. Like he used only one exclamation point. <laughs> like he didn't seem as enthusiastic about it as I wanted him to. So I will, oh, even if someone is being nothing but nice, I'll be like, well, they weren't as nice as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'll find reasons. So I'm getting better at just like letting people have their opinions and then not letting that dictate how I should feel. No, it shouldn't. You want these songs that are yours to be enjoyable for yourself. Mm -hmm. So if other people are also enjoying them, then it's like, yeah, you hit the jackpot. Doing it for me. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, you should be proud. I mean, putting out a project is so different than just putting out a whole bunch of singles. Mm -hmm. Now that you've done it, like you, do you feel like you could, go the extra mile and make actually like making an album or like do you feel like ep world is kind of like where where you like to live in right now i mean making an album is like a lifelong dream right yeah. but i want i feel like debut album you only get one debut album. i know it's so intense i don't want to put out a debut album before i know people are going to be excited about it yeah, like yeah. i need people to really be pumped about it yeah so i want to i want to build myself up a totally. little bit more before i because i don't know man that's a big that's a big step to it release an huge. album but it, it is. is my dream to, yeah. to eventually do that there's no rush there is no rush yeah I don't think there there needs to be a rush. I think, especially as a new artist and someone who got into it kind of like you did, where you, like you said, you went into it blindly mm-hmm. and you had, you couldn't predict all that was supposed to come from that first song release. You've let yourself grow. You let yourself play around. You let yourself experiment. You let yourself throw songs out there and just see what happens. That is the sign of like a person who truly cares. And I think and as an, a real artist, because a real artist lets themselves experiment. If something doesn't work, then you yeah. keep trying and try something else. Exactly. And there are songs where I look back and I'm like, huh, I would have done things differently if it was if I were to make that song today. So it's, yeah. you definitely learn from your own um, creative endeavors, so to speak. So yeah, I'm I'm going to wait till the time is right. But definitely, definitely going to keep putting stuff out there yeah. until then. Yeah. Do you want this uh, EP to continue to have like more legs, more singles? Like, is there... A dream to have another video for it. I think this the song "Expensive" on mm-hmm. me, which is the last song. It's a great. I wanted to end it on a high note. I think that song would would could have a really fun video, mm-hmm. and that song could have a just like I feel like that song is inherently queer. Yeah, I don't know because it's all about f- feeling good and what you're wearing, yeah. and um, it's like I could put on like a ten dollar t shirt that I got from a thrift store, but it looks expensive on me, kind yeah. of thing, like. So I want to do this like runway chic or like ballroom inspired. That would be so cool. um, Well, if this pandemic ever lets up. (laughs) um, And I feel like that song could also be fun to to have some remixes of. Totally. Like a fun feature on it maybe. Yeah. Um, So there's definitely Still time to play with these songs. Exactly. Yeah. I think that you should continue to do it. I mean, what we've seen, I feel like during this time is, 
for example, like Miss Dua Lipa, like she released a full album in, oh at the gosh. beginning. Which is wild. At the beginning of this, doesn't it feel yeah. like ages ago? But she was like, you know what? I love what I did with this album. And I still think there's room to play here. So mm-hmm. let me put out this, let me reach out to all these remixers and like have an album just of remixes. I think now- It's like that, breathing new life into into the record too, just by yeah. re-releasing it as remixes. I think that's fun. Why yeah. not change things up a bit if you can? Totally, I agree. And I'm excited to to do more of that. For now, I'm like letting it, letting it live in the world. Um, because I think that I w- I'm curious to see how some of these songs are going to age, mm-hmm. even even if it's just like a couple of months. I'm curious to see what people's relationship with these songs or or how th- that relationship is going to change over time. Because yeah. a lot of music does grow on you and yes. it hits different at different points of the year, or different points. Of Everyone your life. consumes music so differently, mm-hmm. and that's something like I've I've observed for years. So I think it's. I sometimes don't like when artists push out singles after single after single. It's just because it, it doesn't give people enough time to really live with the song. Right. And back in the day, people weren't releasing songs like that, like they do, they're doing now. Like songs would li- songs would live for like months. Yeah. And then you would get another one. And there's something wrong with like people wanting more and more. I always want more too. Who doesn't want that? But like if you put your heart and soul into something like say like this EP. There is no reason why you shouldn't let it live a bit and also like maybe breathe new life into the song, like a specific song, whether mm-hmm. that be let's put out some single artwork just for the sake of it yeah. that we I didn't do before. Or let me make a video for this now. Or actually let me do a stripped down version of the song. Or actually let me put out five remix of this one song, you know? I think people should like you should let yourself like live with these songs for a bit and people should also give themselves time to live with it. You should be like Going to artist marketing. I feel like. Listen, listen, if anyone is out there and needs someone <laughs> me to do their branding, needs me to do the AR. Uh, AR, like, I am here, I am available. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, that is all. Coming honestly. up with release strategies is so fun, though. Oh, it is. And like, I, I think that's like my, uh, that's why I respect and admire independent artists mm-hmm. and queer artists. I pay attention to all of it. And I could see the difference when someone's just throwing something out there and when someone's like really put in like their whole gut into something. And you could see that with everything that you're doing. It's it's all there. I want to, before we say goodbye to you, mm-hmm. uh, this is like a new little segment that I thought of. I love Whitney Houston and I've, I've been obsessing over like so many of her interviews, but the one that always sticks up in my mind is the one where she says, this is like a most... This is a moment most pleasing to me in my career. Yes. So we're like, ah, oh, that's history. Yeah, like ah, <laughs> oh, that's history. What a moment. <laughs> Such a good line, and it's like it hits me every single time. I don't know why, but I often think about it because we're so on the go as creatives, and I think people just like in their life in general that we're always like thinking of the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. We can't help it. Like we're always like, I did this, all right, that I put so much into that, all right. Like, what am I doing next? And I think people forget to look back at what they've already done, the accomplishments that they have already done and the success, the success that they've gotten from things that they've already done. They forget to be like, oh, that was a great moment. I am so proud that I did that. But that wow, was a mo- what a moment. But wow, what a moment. <laughs> Most pleasing to me in my career. But wow, what a moment. I will never forget. A moment that is most pleasing to me in my career. Vardan, what is that moment? most pleasing to you in your career? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say the whole thing with Feel a Good Song because we already <laughs> talked about that. Yeah, um, but that's definitely one of them. That's definitely, that's definitely wow, one of them. Like, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> and, and, the, and then I think we celebrated hitting a million streams, which was also a moment at Barracuda with you. Yes, yes. Um, so that was also a moment. <laughs> but I think um, this past year, just getting to sit down with billboard and breaking down the ep track by track um was a moment most pleasing to me but i (laughs) i like it still feels surreal but it is if you look at it objectively it's like if i could go back and tell whatever 13 year old me that like one day you're going to put out a or an EP of six songs and billboard is going to sit with you and have you break down each song i feel like that would have been completely unbelievable to 13 year old Verdon. So, oh, yeah. Um, so I think I would pick that. Yeah. At least that's what comes to mind right now. 
That is a moment um, most pleasing to Vardan. <laughs> Musically speaking, yes. Um, I worked on a film last year, which is also a moment that was surreal. Oh, wait, me. is that out? No, it's not out yet. Mm. No, but it is. It's like, because that's also a dream of mine. It was like, I, I went into, I went to college for acting and it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, and you know, that, I wanted to do, do it all. Like is that acting. something you also are hoping to continue as well? Yes, I very much am. And I look at, again, all the, I get inspired by women. Like if you look at like the JLo's of the world, mm-hmm, the Hillary Duff, mm-hmm, so to speak, mm-hmm. currently, currently um, a great example is Janelle Monet. Yes. Who's also queer and she's black and, um, releasing it, music, starring in films and TV, TV, everything, everything. Also, you know, an activist in their own right. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's inspiring to see. So I, I want to be able to do it all. Like, yeah, no limits, no limits. Just more pleasing moments. <laughs> Just more pleasing. <laughs> please, God, more pleasing moments in 2021. Please, yes, all for all the future to come. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for sitting down and talking. To me, you've been amazing as per usual. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. This yeah. was, I feel like it was therapeutic in its own way. Like I hey. feel good about myself. <laughs> I am not a therapist, but <laughs> you're like, I'm not professionally trained. I'm not professionally to be a trained, therapist. but I'm glad it, it, it felt that way. Cause I ultimately just want this to be like, let's sit down with us for a bit and get, to, and let's just have a little combo. Where can everyone find you on the social medias? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Vardon Aurora. Those are the only two social media apps that I use, actually. I need to get into TikTok. I need to get better about that. Maybe but you don't have to. Maybe I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> force. But that's where you can find him. Everyone go stream Heartbreak on the Dance Floor and stay tuned for much, much more Vardon Aurora. Bye. <laughs> I got, I got. Heartbreak on the dance floor, heartbreak on the dance floor, oh, heartbreak on the dance floor for you. I got, I got, heartbreak on the dance floor, heartbreak on the dance floor.